3: Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner, from the University of Colorado, 30 years in the
4: ring, fighting for truth, justice, and the American Way,
0: Dan Kaplan.
4: Oh, the American Way is having fun, right? I mean, come on, we're all lottery winners, right? We're born in America or we're in America, whether we're born here or not. We're lottery winners. If we can't have some fun with that, have some joy in our lives... What's the point? 855 the number. And, and I don't care if you like football or not. This is not about football. This is about something much bigger just culturally and for the state. Uh, and, and let me open with this. And nobody may care about this. I may be the only person who cares about this. It wouldn't be the first time. But what impact will it have on the state of Colorado beyond pigskin, beyond football, beyond Saturday, beyond the Flatirons? if deon sanders becomes cu's head coach and the only reason i'm taking your time with it right now I, you know i don't want to get my hopes up too high and he could just be playing CU to get more money from south florida or cincinnati but uh, a number of developments this afternoon that seem to be pointing that way toward coach prime coming to colorado 855-405-8255 the number one of those is a report that cu Regents now have a special session executive session tomorrow morning to uh, get legal advice regarding a specific matter quote-unquote dash treasury now it could be anything maybe they want to buy some more books for Norlin. who knows or maybe it has to do with the fact that deon sanders is uh, said he'll make his announcement saturday as to where he's going so how much of the treasury ryan you think they'd turn over the whole treasury to, to get coach prime I mean, that's what it's going to
1: take, and I think they can. I mean, you compare them to Colorado, to those two other schools you mentioned, was it South Florida and Cincinnati? Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind Colorado can outspend either one of those two schools, and they'll need to, and they should. And I think from Sanders' perspective, this is the best opportunity he's going to get, at least right now. And he has to know that his stock is at an all-time high. He's got an undefeated Jackson State team that he's leading. yeah, sure. This sure. is the time, I think, for yeah. him to jump, to get a big contract. Colorado's yeah. a situation that would be good for him, and, and they're in a position to take a big gamble on a guy like him.
4: Yeah, and beyond the X's and O's, because I know we're not a sports show, we're not a football show, but beyond the X's and O's, what would the impact be on the culture of Boulder, the state, et cetera, Seismic. if Deion Sanders came? He, he and, is
1: such a big force of personality, Dan. I mean, we talked about it yesterday.
4: Prime, he is yeah. a brand. He is an well, entity. And, and and let's not dance around it. I mean, listen, he, he should get the job on merit, no matter what color he is. But the point is that that Boulder, and I love the place. I feel so gra- I felt so grateful every day I was on that campus. I was student body president there, but but it really lacks diversity. It it, it just lacks diversity in the city. It lacks diversity on the campus. I'm not blaming anybody for that. But I'm just saying, if, if Deon Sanders comes, Deion Sanders is 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 an enormous cultural presence and and race is a part of that openly in a very positive way it's not like you know in politics you have all of these most of them are white some of them are of color but but you have these race baiters in politics who are trying to use race to divide deon sanders is the opposite you know it's fun it's joyful it's positive it's winning and and so i just think there'd be such an enormous impact now it's probably going to last two years you know, he's probably going to come to see you win and then take the job at Alabama if Saban leaves <laughs> or somewhere else. But once he wins in Boulder, which he most certainly would, uh, then they say, hey, if you can win in Boulder, you can win anywhere. And if he leaves the program, say he comes
1: here and then does does depart in a couple of years. If he leaves it better than he found it, Colorado will be in a far better position to go to the next coach, whether it's a protege of his. Right. And I couldn't agree more, Dan, from both a cultural standpoint and a credibility standpoint. Deion Sanders would would make his mark. He would leave his mark. And he has a positive impact on Boulder, on Colorado. On the entire Pac-12, they're going to be losing, keep in mind, they're going to be losing UCLA and USC to the Big Ten. Right, And that makes Colorado maybe a name brand in
4: the conference once again. Yeah, so the question for you is, am I right that the impact would go beyond football? The impact would be cultural for, and it'll be a shooting star kind of thing, two years or whatever, but your thoughts on that, 855-405-8255. You can text us, Dan, 57739. Remarkable, the text just exploding overnight, and I want to get to some of those as well. Uh, but I, I do want to get to a couple of related stories here. Uh, and those are we have one locally from KUSA. And then we have one from KLAS Las Vegas. And, and both have to do with dope. And, and let me start with the local one. And I, and I want to get your take on why you think this is happening and what you think the impact on the state of Colorado is going to be.
3: Colorado's marijuana industry is coming down off a high in sales they've declined for more than a year that impacts state programs funded by marijuana tax revenue here's mark salinger
4: in an industry that what is he trying to say go do more dope hey everybody you got to go do more dope to support these state programs no listen just like people shouldn't get hooked on dope state programs shouldn't get hooked on dope we should not be paying our bills with stuff that hurts kids and hurts society so no the answer here is not to go do more dope the answer is to reverse the mistake
3: Built on getting high, marijuana sales in Colorado are seeing record lows. Right now, the
2: Colorado marijuana industry is going through the largest downturn that we've ever seen. Now, Truman
3: Bradley with the Wheat Ridge-based Marijuana Industry Group is sounding the alarm.
2: Our industry is going through big-time
3: layoffs. Good. So why is this all happening now? It starts with supply and demand. When everyone was sent home in 2020, well, let's just say there wasn't much to do. That's that big spike in marijuana sales you see on the graph during the pandemic. Now that people aren't stuck at home, they aren't buying as much weed.
2: The medical market is down about 47 percent statewide, and the recreational market is down about 20 percent.
4: Well, wait, wait a second. I'll get to the rest of this. Why would the medical market be down, like post-COVID? If the medical market was legit, and listen, as you, as I said from the beginning, if there's truly somebody out there with cancer or some other extremely difficult condition and marijuana helps them when nothing else does, even though the science doesn't support that. I don't care if if they think marijuana helps them more than anything else does. And they're truly chronic pain, cancer, whatever God love them. But, but don't we all know the truth that the vast majority of this so-called medical is, is recreational with lower taxes. So how would you explain medical being down over 40%? How do you explain that? but that's just one problem
3: in colorado the wholesale price of marijuana is at a record low today it costs 658 dollars per pound that's half the price compared with this time last year when it was selling for more than 1300 dollars revenue is also down in september of 2022 stores made nearly 147 million dollars worth of marijuana sales that's down from more than 181 million in september of 2021 and 206 million in the same month of 2020
2: what that means is when the state's joint budget committee gets together this year to look at marijuana tax revenue they're going to be looking at a hundred million dollar shortfall
4: marijuana revenue wait a second think about the gist of this story which is oh my goodness we, we should all be crying for the marijuana industry get on your knees right now pray for the marijuana industry but more importantly the gist of this story is go out and do some dope Because if you're not willing to get stoned for the good of these state programs, what the heck good are you? This is madness. What they're not talking about in this story, and ask yourself why not, and they never talk about it in these stories, is, okay, what's the cost of legalized marijuana? What's the economic cost, which is enormous in many different categories, you know, from the family left destitute now because their hard-working mom or dad on the way home got killed by a stoner behind the wheel you don't think there's some economic cost involved there and and then the far more important human cost of that but they never talk about that do they none of these stories ever talk about that why because the media wants the dope money that that's why the vast majority of everybody on air ryan am i the only person on air against legalized marijuana i may be definitely the strongest I I, uh, opponent i don't think i don't know that to be true but but the point being all these media outlets, and i'm not saying our own here but but in general media outlets want that dope money so now the pitch is oh the poor marijuana industry and now the kids aren't going to be eat and able to eat and homeless will be thrown out of shelters because people aren't doing enough dope and and these dope dealers oh they're so good for our society because they generate all this money for state programs no they're dope dealers, just like the dope dealers before them and just like the dope dealers who come after them. The only difference is they've got a license because the left bamboozled the people of Colorado into legalizing marijuana. They're still dope dealers. I'll come back. I'll play the rest of the story. What, why do you think Why do you think these dope dealers now are dropping like rocks? 855-405-8255. Text me, Dan, 57739. You're on the Dan Kaplan Show
0: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't hold it down. Maybe to
1: you're around. But I you I've said it the most Nazi-like activities I've seen. Um, and, and the Nazis, in my view, were thugs. It shook people down to a lot of really bad things. But well, they did good things, too. We're going to stop dissing the Nazis all the time. Okay. We're, we're going to get to that?
4: No, we're not going to get to that. That is so sad. Kanye West just hitting absolute rock bottom. And, you know, it, it, what is it? Mental illness, drugs, combination. It's just sad because he's obviously a talented artist. But, but that, he should be completely ostracized. I mean... It, it, Within the bounds of the law, no violence, nothing like that. He should be completely ostracized from civilized society. Where is all this anti-Semitism coming from?
1: Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, it's
4: got to be mental illness, right? Because you have to be mentally ill to be anti-Semitic.
1: Well, hold you on. To, don't, don't we know though that he's been kind of kibitzing with the black Hebrew Israelites? who view themselves as the true jews i mean this is a far out kind of wacko theory but it's what they believe and it's it's inherently virantly anti-semitic in terms of anti-israel all of that sort of thing and that's what this kind of rhetoric espouses
4: well you know it's it's like every racist you know right every racist you know and i'm not using pejoratives i'm just being literal every single racist i've ever known in my life is a loser they're they're just a loser and and kanye west that has to be and by the way i'm obviously not suggesting that mentally ill people are anti-semitic no what i'm saying is to be anti-semitic i guess you wouldn't necessarily have to be mentally ill you could just be evil demonic right you could just be evil you could just be evil but um for but, him I, I i don't know like you said this might
1: be a mental illness but what what even the end game is here of, of trying to point
4: well, out the virtues of hitler what, what is i was thinking about that last night on the way home you know because kanye west did did a, a great faith album back in his sane days and and it was a really cool album and one and one of those songs came on and i was thinking what is his end game here i think the answer is crystal clear if you want to chime in on this 855-405-8255 the number pun intended since he used to be a great artist or you can text us dan 57739 it hit me on the way home last night when that song popped on Mm -hmm. his end game is the end of kanye west his end game is Mm self-destruction i mean and i i don't mean that like boulder two in the morning pass me another beer i mean his literal end game is self-destruction yeah, I mean, that's the only that's yeah. the only uh, destination where this path yeah. leads. I, right. And and he is, you know, he must know that. That's why I, I truly think he it's self-destruction. 855-405-8255. The number didn't mean to be such a, a downer there. But uh, but I do want to get to probably the uh, most illogical. Provably false text we have ever received on this show, which is really saying something. Uh, Dan Dion Sanders would take CU from a one and nine team to a three and nine team. CU needs way more to fix their football program than Neon Dion, and it would take him at least five years to get above five and five. That from Kevin. Kevin, seek help. Seek professional help immediately. Starting with cognitive Ooh. process. I got two because, words for him too. Yeah, transfer portal. Well, and and Mel Tucker. Even before the portal exploded, Mel Tucker, who isn't half the recruiter, isn't a a tenth of the recruiter of Deion Sanders and and isn't a tenth of the coach of Deion Sanders. You know, Mel Tucker turned that CU program around in a year and then abandoned the kids he recruited and went out and got 10 million a year from Michigan State, where he's promptly flopped. He had one good season at Michigan State, but then karma got him. So uh, and I say that euphemistically. But anyway. Yeah, no, Deion Sanders, transfer portal, et cetera. It would turn around overnight. And we're not going to spend the whole show on sports as much as I'd like to. But having missed my best friend's wedding to watch CU lose 55-7 to to Missouri, you know, I I would love to see the Buffs get it back. All right, hey, I want to play this package in full since I kind of chopped it up last time uh, making some important points. But I'm going to play a package for you from KUSA about marijuana sales you know dropping like a stoner in colorado and then just listen to what and maybe i'm misreading this you tell me if you get the same gist from this that that it's kind of pleading from kusa hey these very noble um drug dealers pillars of our society just trying to help worthy state programs are now being harmed and the state programs are being harmed because People aren't doing enough dope. Do you, do you get the same gist of this when the truth is the less dope they sell in marijuana, the more people are going to be alive on the roadways, the more kids who are not going to, you know, turn into stoners and, and throw their full potential away. Uh, it's so much better for the state. Every every million less in marijuana that gets sold in Colorado. We are a better state for it. Here's the KUSA piece.
3: Colorado's marijuana industry is coming down off a high in sales. They've declined for more than a year. That impacts state programs funded by marijuana tax revenue. Here's Mark Salinger. In an industry that's built on getting high, marijuana sales in Colorado are seeing record lows.
2: Right now, the Colorado marijuana industry is going through the largest downturn that we've ever seen.
3: Now Truman Bradley with the Wheat Ridge-based Marijuana Industry Group is sounding the alarm
2: our industry is going through big time layoffs
3: so why is this all happening now it starts with supply and demand when everyone was sent home in 2020 well let's just say there wasn't much to do that's that big spike in marijuana sales you see on the graph during the pandemic now that people aren't stuck at home they aren't buying as much weed
2: the medical market is down about 47 percent statewide and the recreational market is down uh, about 20%
3: but that's just one problem in Colorado. The wholesale price of marijuana is at a record low today It costs six hundred and fifty eight dollars per pound That's half the price compared with this time last year when it was selling for more than thirteen hundred dollars Revenue is also down in September of 2022 stores made nearly a hundred and forty seven million dollars worth of marijuana sales That's down from more than a hundred and eighty one million in September of 2021 Excellent. and two hundred Six million in the same month of 2020.
2: What that means is when the state's Joint Budget Committee gets together this year to look at marijuana tax revenue, they're gonna be looking at a $100 million shortfall.
3: Marijuana revenue excise tax is a large portion of the revenue that comes into the program. Andy Stein is the Director of Capital yeah. Construction yeah. with yeah. the Colorado Department of Education. Last fiscal year, the department's Building Excellent Schools Today program, or BEST, took in $97 million in marijuana tax money to fund grants for school construction and renovation that will likely go down this year
2: we would have to decrease the amount of grants that we were able to offer to schools in the next fiscal year
4: can you uh, marijuana can you believe this they're not talking about any of the benefits of reduced marijuana sales and how much is 100 million in the state budget compared to all the harm it causes so small it's hard to even measure my game play this song yeah and everybody everybody listening right now knows this is true for them there there's song two three out there that just immediately transports you it's totally involuntary there's just a strong such a strong neuropsychological link within you to a particular song yep and if that song plays, it's taking you there.
1: Period. And I believe in an interview, John Denver was emphatic that this song was not about marijuana. Rocky Mountain High.
4: What was he smoking at the time of well, that interview? I don't know. I thought yeah. I think he meant, meant the natural high of being in the Rocky, Mountains. which you know. And I never ever thought of it as a drug song until right. I got out here. But right. And I won't take people's time with it. There's more important stuff. But I, I mean, literally, Ryan, I could tell you where i was standing because it's this song that caused me to want to go to the university of colorado wow yeah because i was applying for the evans scholarship which is one of the great programs in america and it's like the movie caddyshack where they give a scholarship to a caddy who meets the uh financial you know the income level requirements and i was a heck of a caddy and so when i was applying and they asked me to pick a school this song came on the radio and and that's what made me choose colorado yeah. well,
1: it's a very inspirational song much yeah. like many of john yeah. denver's
4: catalog which i love personally yeah. yeah yeah no great stuff and i'll never forget i know this sounds geeky to most people but um never forget seeing him at red rocks
1: oh wow yeah seeing him
4: at red Lucky Rocks, you. big full moon Yeah, it was, wow. And you didn't fully appreciate it at the time, right? Yeah, you didn't fully appreciate it at the time. But anyway, so thanks to John Denver for writing that song, which landed me here where I met my wife after a considerable delay. What a butterfly effect. So (laughs) if not for
1: John Denver, Joe and Caroline would not exist. Isn't that amazing? Think about that. Isn't that
4: amazing? It is. And I believe in guardian angels. I, I believe in that all of that and so yeah and so guardian angel used john denver not bad not bad and much healthier than coming here for legal dope which is what so many people have done since legalization right and we are just playing this story remarkable package from kusa where they're i think it's fair to say bemoaning the fact that marijuana sales are dropping like a stoner in colorado And oh how bad this is for the drug dealers how bad this is for the state wah 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 wah. nothing in that story whatsoever about the upsides of less marijuana how do you think they miss that how do you think they miss that because the downsides are so obvious look at the teen suicide rate what happened after legalization look at deaths on the roadway look in every category of bad things and and they're all worse as you would expect after legalization But no, that that somehow didn't find its way into the story. Interesting take from a texter. Uh, Dan, they're setting up the shortfall in pot to go after Tabor. Interesting. You text us, by the way, Dan, 57739. Uh, Dan, I just uh, say, to pot usage being down, it's so much better for our kids. Hang the money, cheer on decrease in suicides, car accidents, school dropouts, depression, and more. Very, very well said. Texter. Texter says, Dan, I think marijuana sales are down for three reasons. Other states have legalized. People are realizing the impact on their lives, and it's less popular to buy marijuana, and more people are growing it for themselves. Don't know about the people growing it for themselves. I'm just not in a position to see that or not see it. I I think the other factors are, are certainly in play. 855-405-8255, the number. Dan, do you group CBD with regular marijuana? And no, the stuff that's not going to get you high is a whole different critter so now different people have different definitions of cbd but the standard definition is right it's not going to get you high so anyway i wanted to mention this i don't know if you saw it in the news today yet but the u.s supreme court doing something they don't do all that often and saying hey we're going to take something and we're going to hear it quick that doesn't happen that often normally they say okay here's the stuff we're taking for next year But what they're moving uh, to the head of the line is Joe Biden's student loan transfer where he's and don't call it forgiveness program or any of that. Let's be honest. He's transferring other people's loans to you. And so uh, the Supreme Court's going to hear that in February. No big surprise. It's obviously illegal, said so the day it came out. Even Nancy Pelosi said so, right? But she said that before biden actually did it that no no president can't do that only congress can do that and biden knew it was illegal the moment he did it you know and i think he's done all sorts of things he knew were illegal the moment he did them but he did it for an advantage in in the midterms and that may have worked for him. so if you don't care about truth morality america any of that then yeah sometimes you can gain some short-term political advantage and know he did that maybe maybe we i don't think the exit polling on the midterms has been quite granular enough detailed enough to be sure of the impact of the student loan stuff because it was also going to tick off a lot of people right but anyway as he would have expected supreme court has fast-tracked that and in february will almost certainly nobody can ever tell you for sure what any judge or jury is going to do i'm the first to say that but all indications are the supreme court We'll put that thing right where it belongs in the garbage. And listen, if Congress wants to do something that heinous, which they would never do, uh, go for it. You know, if you don't like your job in Congress. But I'd be all for a bill. Any sane person would be, right? That set up a fund for people who are in true hardship scenarios and gave them, you know, more time to pay off the loan or other ways to pay off the loan. Any decent person would support that. But, But this whole idea of just, you know, redistribution of wealth mass transferring you know this guy's obligation to you no it's it's fundamentally un-american in the supreme court i expect we'll strike it down pronto 855-405-8255 the number hey i want to get your quick take on this ramsey business so i I think the answer to this one's obvious right what why is john ramsey now pushing for jared polis to reopen the case and and Polis talking like he might. So here's the Fox piece on that.
3: The cold case on the murder of child beauty queen, Jean-Benet Ramsey, reopened by police with a new investigation after 26 years. Here to break down the leads and the theories, Fox Nation host, Nancy Grace. Nancy, thanks for being here. It's a name we all know, and remember, they're reopening the case. Why?
0: Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the father, John Ramsey, has been begging the governor. Can you imagine the father of a murdered child having to beg the governor to go over the heads of the police to get closure, if there is any such thing, begging the governor to take the little bit, the minuscule amount of DNA that has been salvaged from the JonBenet Ramsey murder scene and have it tested at an outside independent crime lab, such as Othram, who specializes in minuscule or degraded DNA. That's what they do. A lot of state crime labs don't do that particular thing. But think about it. You've got to do an online petition to try to get justice. And and this whole.
4: We've seen the online petitions used to get injustice, right? The online petition to free that the mass killer trucker in Colorado, which Polis caved on in order to feather his own nest. And I'm not saying, hey, Here's a check, Jared Polis, from Kim Kardashian. What I mean by feather his nest is all the different ways Kardashian can benefit him. So he sells out the safety of the people of Colorado, spits in the eyes of the victims, spits on the graves of the victims, you know, all to please Kim Kardashian. Further jeopardizing the safety of the state. What message does it send to truckers around America? Okay, you can come to Colorado and... You can know your brakes are hot. You can know they're not working properly. You can get out of your truck because you know your brakes aren't working properly. You can then have your employer tell you you have to stay out of that truck for hours. You can get back in anyway, and you can speed down a mountain knowing you're out of control, heading for park traffic, and decide not to drive off the road. And and what do you get? You know, Jared Polis may put you away for five years after you burned to death large numbers of people. You think that makes it safer on our roadways for you and me? No, no, not at all. So I guess maybe John Ramsey's looking at, hey, Jared Polis caved to an online petition before. But what do you think? Do you think the Ramsey case should be reopened? 855-405-8255. You can text me, Dan, 57739. as a guy who was around at the time and involved in some of that coverage. And when we come back, this will impress you. Whether you like me or you don't, this will impress you. I showed probably the the greatest restraint in the history of Colorado media with the big secret I knew about the John Benet Ramsey case and almost no one else did. You're on the Dan Kaplan show.
0: do with the fact that the father, John Ramsey, has been begging the governor. Can you imagine the father of a murdered child having to beg the governor to go over the heads of the police to get closure, if there is any such thing, begging the governor to take the little bit, the minuscule amount of DNA that has been salvaged from the John Bonnet Ramsey murder scene and have it tested at an outside independent crime lab, such as Othram, who specializes in minuscule.
4: All right. All right. What do you think? Should the Ramsey case be reopened? Should Polis reopen it at the request of Jean Benet's father, 855 405 8255, the number. And now that you've had 26 years to think about it, what do you think really happened there? Or, or maybe a better question is Has your view changed over time? You can text us, Dan 57739. I, I teased into this segment by saying that I, I think I'm really going to impress you with this one. with, with I think, Ryan. It would be hard to find an example of greater or more admirable restraint on behalf of anybody in the history of Colorado media than the restraint I showed, the honor I showed in protecting the confidence placed in me when I was given probably the, the second biggest story ever connected to the Bonet Ramsey case. In fact, it was probably the biggest story ever since the case hasn't been solved yet. That would be number one. But this is a close second. Go back in time. The entire nation transfixed on the murder of this wonderful little girl in ways that maybe we can't even relate to right now with our media being more fractured than it was then. But the entire nation talking about that case anywhere you went. Ryan, anywhere you went in America. Oh, yeah, I helped cover it in yeah, New Michigan. We, right, we'd, yeah. go, we'd go on vacation down to see my mom and dad in Florida. Where are you from? Colorado. Oh, who killed John Yeah. I mean, everywhere. So, at one point, they convened a grand jury. And then the grand jury finished its work, and there were no charges brought. Well, everybody assumed that the grand jury did not indict. There was one person in the media who knew that they did vote to indict. Who might that person be? Daniel J. Kaplis. You are sharp, man, you are sharp. But I was told that in confidence, and I kept that confidence for decades. I never violated that confidence. And then I was tempted at times, obviously. Everybody's talking about this case. This is seismic news, what do you mean? The grand jury voted to indict them on something? And, and the DA's not bringing the charges? But I kept my word, and I did not disclose that. And then decades later, it leaked out through somebody else, maybe Charlie Brennan, but that was decades later. Mm-hmm. I knew when it happened. So the mechanics of that, Dan,
1: a, a grand jury votes to indict, but a district attorney or prosecutor goes they against that. They get to that. make that call? But how often does that happen, a percentage?
4: Wow, well, you know, I'm sure some of the criminal lawyers in the audience could tell us. I think it's very rare. Very rare, though, I would would expect it's very rare. Now,
1: now, do you know who they voted to indict? What what were the charges? Who were the charges being brought against? That's
4: a fair question. I can pull it up during the break. I I, I don't remember the details now, but I remember I was told at the time, Mm -hmm. and I can still remember getting the call, and and it was somebody who trusted me over the course of years' worth of work, and they said, I'm going to tell you something, but only if you agree never to tell anybody. Wow. And, but be, and he said, because I think you need to know this. Hmm. And uh, maybe so he was do, testing me. Do you have a working theory as to who the perpetrator is? I do have a working theory as to how it happened. Hmm. And and I developed that just by trying to sit back and follow the publicly available facts. Now, that's the key qualifier, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. <laughs> there are so many facts that are not publicly available. Right. So I, I'm not trying to tell you this is how it happened, but based on the publicly available facts... Here is my working theory. My working theory is that JonBenet Ramsey, and we know this first part to be true based upon the the report of a friend, and this showed up in in media reporting, that JonBenet Ramsey had told a family friend that Santa Claus was going to pay her a special visit on Christmas night that's the report. I wasn't there for the conversation, but that's what the family friend claimed. Said Santa Claus is going to pay me a special visit on Christmas night. So I think what had happened was and and I know you're going to laugh at this, but but if you get if you go back in time and if you look at all the available information, it would start to make sense as a working theory. I think that there was a fake kidnapping that had been planned with the intent that John Binet would be kept safe and returned safely and in the meantime would become world famous as would her family and I'm not accusing John I'm not accusing John Ray I'm not accusing Patsy Ramsey not accusing anybody of committing a crime I'm just saying if you step back and you look at the publicly available evidence And I'll play that out some more when we come back at 5.06. But I think if you just work off the publicly available evidence, starting with what I just offered. Family friends at JonBenet told her Santa was going to pay a special visit Christmas night. You're on the Dan Kaplish Show.
0: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.